0: Who are the biggest winners and losers following the New York Giants 2023 draft? We're going to break that all down. Plus, we have a listener submitted question we're going to address on today's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast. You are locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Train. I'm your host, and thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Special shout out to all my everydayers, people who check in with us every single day, and it is appreciated. Um, Also appreciated, all those who make us your first listen or watch of the day. Um, on today's program, we're going to talk about winners and losers from the Giants 2023 draft. Which veteran players specifically ended up as winners and which ones didn't end up as winners? Now, before I get into that, um, I just want to give everybody a quick update because I know I promised that I would start rolling out interviews with some of our locked on college hosts. So that is definitely going to happen. I've done, as you're watching this, I've done about uh, six interviews in the course of uh, the last two days, including five that I did yesterday. So I apologize in in advance if my voice is a little shaky. Um, Doing a lot of talking, obviously, isn't always a good thing. But um, anyway, I'm still uh, trying to get some additional information. I've reached out to our college draft experts. And uh, I just want to put together the very best shows I can for you. So we will have all the shows for you. I'll do one at a time. Um, We'll probably break the schedule because we do have the rookie mini camp coming up at the end of the week, Friday and Saturday. And I'm sure everybody's going to want to hear about that. So um, the college shows, though, they are coming. So just if you tuned in today, hoping to see, you know, the, the first of the seven shows trust me they are coming and I apologize if you're disappointed but I hope you'll like today's show all the all the same so all right we're going to talk about winners and losers as a result of the Giants 2023 draft class and I think when you're talking about winners you can start with the franchise in general because my gosh what a haul Joe Shane was able to pull out of his hat I mean you look at the value that he got on all of the draft picks. And you could probably make a case that just about every pick from rounds one through maybe round six was was ranked higher or was was projected to go higher than he actually did. And that's really saying something. I mean, the, Joe Shane was able to be patient to get John Michael Schmitz in the second round, didn't have to move up. And the fact that the Giants were able to trade up one spot um, in the first round to get Deontay Banks giving up a fifth rounder and a seventh rounder, which, you know, was really not that big of a deal, if you think about it, because, you know, they did have another fifth rounder that they that they use Uh, just a tremendous job by Joe Shane. And I know, you know, right now, everything is on paper. These guys haven't put on the uniform. They haven't taken a regular season snap. You know, a lot can happen between now and the uh, NFL kickoff uh, or opening weekend. But this draft class, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, reminds me a lot of the 2007 class in which every single rookie on that that in that class um, contributed. And that team, of course, went to the Super Bowl that year. So just a tremendous job by Joe Shane, to marry value and need and not reach for a guy because, oh, my God, there was a run on receivers or, oh, my God, there was a run on cornerbacks or run on insert position here. Great job by Joe Shane. And then, you know, you look at the undrafted free agents, some of these guys that they brought in to kind of round out the depth. And uh, that's going to be an interesting group to watch. So I'm really looking forward to watching that group um, when they come in. Thursday, I'm sorry, Friday, Saturday, and and you know, that's when the media will be allowed to watch and talk to these guys. So should be pretty interesting. And of course, I will have everything you need to know from the mini camps um, on the Lockdown Giants podcast. We'll also do a, probably a, a weekend show. So stay tuned for that. That's still to come. All right, let's talk now about some of the winners from the, uh, who, who benefited from the Giants draft class. And I'm talking specifically veterans. We've got to start, ladies and gentlemen, with quarterback Daniel Jones. Now, here's the thing. Go back to the end of last year. And what did Joe Shane say? He said that they were going to build around Daniel Jones. You know, at the time, Daniel wasn't signed. You know, there were some questions as to whether or not they'd get the deal done or if they'd have to franchise tag him. They, of course, got the deal done. Daniel is now the quarterback for at least the next two years, possibly as many as the next four years, possibly longer, depending on how he does in this contract. But no one probably benefited more from the draft class than Daniel Jones. All right. So let's recap what he got. All right. We know in the offseason, he got Darren Waller, a big tight end. He got Paris Campbell, a speedster. He got Mike Kafka back. Shay Tierney back, okay, his offensive coordinator and his quarterback's coach, both of them are returning, right? So, for that consistency, um, Darius Slayton is returning, a guy he feels comfortable with. Sterling Shepard, another guy he feels comfortable with, has has been re signed, as has Isaiah Hodgins. Saquon Barkley should be back, uh, regardless if it's going to be the franchise tag or a multi year deal. So, Daniel Jones was having a pretty good off season, as it was, and then comes the draft. And what did the Giants do? They give him another speedy receiver in Jalen Hyatt in the third round, and and this is so important. They give him a center, a pure center, in the second round in John Michael Schmitz. All right, what does that mean, folks? Okay. We could talk about speed and and all this speed that they're adding says to be that last year's bottom ranked offense in big pass plays of 20 or more yards, they're going to start opening things up because now they have the guys who can stretch the field. And now they potentially have the offensive line who can hold the block long enough to make sure that Daniel has enough time to get the ball to these receivers. But I want to talk about Schmitz here because the important thing I think with Schmitz is not only does Daniel Jones now have the same starting center potentially for the next several years, that's going to be so important because the longer they work together, the better it's going to be in terms of identifying protection calls, making sure everything is, is tight. As far as the operation goes Last year, we saw how that wasn't always the case. This year, folks, it's going to start to be different. The more they work together, the better it's going to be. And uh, spoiler alert, um, I did have a chance to do my interview with um, Rob Kane of uh, Locked On Golden Gophers, who um, spoke to me about John Michael Schmitz. And folks, there is a lot to like about John Michael Schmitz. I can't wait to play that interview for you. Again, that's coming um, once I wrap up all the interviews and start stitching together all the shows so I can roll them out for you. So that is coming, but I know you guys are going to like that one. So Daniel Jones, first winner to benefit from the draft class. All right, who else benefited? Well, we can make a case for Saquon Barkley as having benefited. Now, this one's interesting because I kind of started to think that he was one of the losers of the distract class because of the addition of Eric Gray. Now, I'm not saying that Eric Gray can do everything at the level that Saquon Barkley can. That's not what I'm saying. I thought perhaps, you know, my initial thought was, oh, okay, the Giants are adding to the running back room in the event that Saquon is not. going to be on this team for the long term. But then I thought about it some more and I said to myself, Self, Barkley's actually a winner in this draft. And here's why. Barkley, as we all know, has been the bell cow for the Giants in the running game. And he has taken some lumps. He has had some injuries. And all that ultimately can catch up to a guy as he continues to age. So by adding... Eric Gray in the fifth round to a group that already includes Matt Breida, Gary Brightwell, and we'll see if Ja'Shawn Corbin can um, kind of crack into the rotation or if he's going to be, you know, the odd man out. They now have set themselves up for a potential committee approach. And here's why I think that's a good thing. Saquon would still be the lead back. Don't get me wrong. But now maybe you don't have to put Saquon out there for as many snaps as you had in the past. Therefore, you reduce some of the wear and tear on him and you keep him fresher longer. You know, if Eric Gray can step in and play well and do all the things that, you know, he did in college at at a high enough level in the NFL, you've just improved your running game. So I don't think there's any harm. To, or, or threat to Saquon. Again, I do think he's going to be, you know, the lead back. But now the onus is off him in terms of constantly being the guy, you know, like, God forbid, Saquon takes a, a breather. or God forbid he has to miss time because of an injury. They have a committee approach that I think they're going to, to go to come, you know, once the season starts, assuming everybody's healthy, of course. And I think that's the way to go you know, in this NFL, because look, it's great if you find a bell cow, but they can wear out pretty quickly. There are very few exceptions to that. Adrian Peterson, of course, was an exception, but, you know, it's always a good idea to have a a, a rotation, a guy that can come in and, you know, and not just come in where you see, okay, Eric Gray's coming in. So now he's going to be a decoy. No, that's not going to be the case. So that's going to potentially help out. Saquon Barkley and the Giants offense by keeping Barkley fresh for what will hopefully be a long season into the postseason. So, all right, who else was a winner? I'm going to say the inside linebacker duo of Darian Beavers and Gerard Davis. Now, I know a lot of people were saying, my God, the Giants didn't get an inside linebacker in this draft class. What are they doing? Folks, I didn't think they were going to prioritize that. Right. They added Bobby O'Carrake. Right. He's going to be the every down backer. They went heavily after Davis last year. If you remember, excuse me, he was with the uh, Detroit Lions practice squad. And there were reports that the Giants tried to sign him for weeks. And then finally he decided to join them. Now, I know a lot of you are saying, well, you know, Gerard Davis didn't look that good last year when he played. Well, yeah, he came in, had to hit the ground ground running didn't really have a chance to fully absorb the defense you know the intricacies of the defense basically he had to learn the game plan you know in piecemeal this off season you know he's resigned obviously uh, this off season he should have a much better understanding of the playbook of the intricacies of the defense and he should be able to play faster and better all right you also have Darian beavers coming back. Now a lot of you are like, well, he's coming back off of an ACL. How's that going to affect his speed, guys? Darian Beavers was shaping up to be the thumper of the group, so I don't know if necessarily he would have been an every down backer. Even had if he had stayed healthy, he might have been given you know how the talent pool kind of worked out last year, but I don't think that would have been his long term role on the defense. So basically. The Giants have, right now, assuming everybody's healthy again, um, three linebackers in O'Carake, Beavers, and Davis. There will be a competition for the fourth one, all right? And I'm not counting um, Cam Brown, who could play inside. Cam Brown is more of a special teamer. But the competition will boil down to Micah McFadden and Carter Coughlin. One of those two guys I see making the roster, and the other one maybe goes to the practice squad. So inside linebacker, I think those guys won. I really do, even though no talent was added there. So I'm kind of happy with that. Uh, I'll give you one more winner, and then we'll take a break and go to the losers. Um, Ellerson Smith is a winner. The Giants, to my surprise, did not take a edge rusher. And I thought for sure they would. All right, because I look at this group and you've got Aziz Ojulari and Kayvon Thibodeau as your starters. Good duo if they can stay healthy. Now, last year, of course, that was a problem for Ojulari. They re-signed Jihad Ward, who gave them some pass rush snaps as an outside linebacker. I don't know that he's a long-term answer there, but Wink Martindale likes him. And I guess he, Jihad Ward is going to have a job as long as Wink Martindale has a job here. Then they also have Taman Fox who showed uh, flashes of, of being, you know, a, a serviceable outside edge presence. Ellerson Smith has had injury issues. The last two seasons has not been able to stay on the field. Now, when he has been on the field, you see flashes again, but you know what? I need to see more than flashes. I need to see consistency. And with consistency, Comes staying on the field, which Ellerson Smith has not been able to do. So I thought, okay, look, you go back and you look at the giant, great defenses of the past, and they were at least three pass rushers deep. And, you know, you also look at the last Super Bowl defense where Justin Tuck was a defense then on every pass rushing down, just about flipped inside to defensive tackle. So I thought the Giants might add to that position. They didn't. Now, they do have um, an undrafted free agent coming in from uh, the University of Pittsburgh. Hopefully I say this name right. Habaku Baldano. Um, He is an edge rusher. Probably uh, one of the more intriguing additions of the uh, undrafted free agent crop. So we'll see what he brings to the table, if maybe he can push you know, a Tamon Fox or an Ellerson Smith. It's early now; we won't know until we get, in, you know, till the team gets into pads. But certainly a name to keep an eye on. We'll see if he he survives, um, you know, the, the coming weeks. So that's my list of winners. Now, who did I think landed on the losers list following the 2023 Giant Straps? Stick around; I'll tell you right after this. <laughs> Hey, Giant fans, Grand Slams, no-hitters, and double plays, as well as the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, all in full blast right now. And there's no better place to get in on the action than at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if their first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, Giants fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traynor. Appreciate you tuning in and spending another half hour, 45 minutes with me. As always, we are talking winners and losers on the New York Giants following the 2023 draft. And again, coming up on the Locked on Giants podcast, I am putting together shows with our Locked on College hosts who covered the teams from which the Giants draft picks came from. Now, I'm also um, looking to get either Coach K or Damian Parsons in to weigh in on some of these draft picks as well. So basically, I've been doing these interviews to put these shows together. I'm not finished just yet. So once I'm finished and I'm able to start putting the shows together, I'll start cranking them out for you. So we've got those coming up, which I know you guys and gals like. Um, we're gonna have mini camp coverage coming up later on at the end of the week. The live show with Tana and Dog, that's something also on the agenda, but that's probably gonna get kicked to the following week because you know I just have a lot of stuff that I need to cover and uh I want to try and keep the shows in sequence as best as I can. So again, if you tuned in expecting to see the uh college reviews, they're coming. I promise they're coming. All right, so let's get back. To the second part of today's main theme, which is winners and losers on the New York Giants resulting from the 2023 draft class. And when we talk about losers, I'm, I'm talking about guys who maybe their future with the team is in jeopardy. And I've got to start with cornerback Darnay Holmes. Now, I like Darnay Holmes. You know, I don't think he's a horrible cornerback. Um, Always thought, you know, the the size and, you know, he's kind of smallish for a slot guy, uh, but very aggressive, tends to play big. But here's the thing. All right. The Giants now having drafted Deontay Banks, you figure that the starters are going to be Banks and Jackson on the outside. So where does that leave Aaron Robinson? Assuming Aaron Robinson can stay on the field, which he's had trouble doing the last couple of years. Well, folks, Aaron Robinson and Cordell Flott, for that matter, both of them played the slot in college. Both of them were given snaps on the outside with the Giants. And as I said on yesterday's program, I didn't understand the thinking there. All right, I I get it that, you know, you want a guy to be versatile. I get that. But if you're drafting a guy And now you're asking him to change position. Where is the logic in that? That's what I didn't get. So that being said, given that Darnay Holmes has a projected $3 million cap hit, and now there's going to be competition with Aaron Robinson, who's a lot taller and Cordell Flott for that slot position, Darnay Holmes's roster spot could Be in jeopardy. I'm not going to count the kid out because, you know, look, let him get on the field and let him compete. And he is a competitor. But right now, if you were to ask me to put together a 53-man roster projection, I probably would not have Darnay Holmes on it. That's just how I feel, you know, based on how the competition is potentially shaking out. Now, again, Aaron Robinson gets hurt again. That changes everything. Now it becomes Robinson versus uh, I'm sorry, now it becomes Holmes versus Flot. So we'll have to see how that plays out, but I do think Holmes, his roster spot is in, is in jeopardy. Speaking of quarterbacks whose roster spots are in jeopardy. Rodarius Williams, I don't have a good feeling about him making it sticking on the roster. You go back to last year. Williams had that great game against Dallas and then we never heard from him again. He was also the only cornerback on the giants to come up with an interception. And there were some issues, you know, allegedly with his practicing and preparation and whatnot that kind of caused him to fall out of favor. But Williams, who by the way, was coming off of a knee injury um, last year. He kind of faded off the radar. So again, now you have um, the Giants double-dipped at cornerback. Um, they, had, they took Deontay Banks you know, in the first round. They also added Trey Hawkins. And then I believe uh, Javarius Owens from Houston, their seventh-round pick, if he makes the roster, he could probably give some snaps at cornerback. So I don't have a good feeling about Rodarius Williams making it to opening day with the Giants. Just a gut feeling, um, you know. Look, it's a business, and I I always hope for the best for all players, regardless. But you know, you got to be realistic here, and you can't just you can't have the ball. So I think Rodarius Williams is potentially facing a bubble scenario. All right, others who I think um, are in trouble: Colin Johnson and David Sills the fifth. Now, these are two tall receivers. Colin Johnson, prior to suffering a season-ending injury early in training camp last year, looked like he might be something special. But the Giants added, all right? They added Paris Campbell, who's tall. They added um, Jalen Hyatt. They um, They added Isaiah Hodgins. The Giants are loaded at receiver, as I've been saying all week. I don't know if there's going to be room for Colin Johnson. I don't think there's going to be room for a David Sills, who's been hanging around on the practice squad, but who last year was on the 53-man roster before getting, um, you know, pushed back to the practice squad. Giants are loaded at receiver. Now, even if, if, like, you know, you figure, okay, Wandale Robinson and Sterling Shepard could potentially start the year on Pup. That's what I think is going to happen because they're both recovering from uh, season-ending injuries. So even if the Giants do that, they take that, that route, they should be able to have five receivers. You know, uh, Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, um, Hyatt, um, Hodgins will probably be on there. Jeff Smith will probably make it uh, for special teams ability. And um, would they add a 6-1? Maybe Jamison Crowder is the sixth one So they're loaded. And I don't see right now how Colin Johnson and David Sills are going to survive the cut. Again, that's why you line up and you compete. But as of right now, I don't see it happening. All right. One more guy that I think is maybe not going to be able to hold on to a roster spot. And again, it depends on how healthy he is. He might end up starting the year on pop 2, depending on where he is in his rehab. But DJ Davidson, the defensive lineman, I think could be in trouble with regards to a roster spot. He was a fifth-round pick last year. And, you know, you go and you look at the depth that the Giants added on the defensive line. They signed Raheem Nunez-Roches, Sean Robinson. They drafted uh, Jordan Riley out of Oregon all right where's Davidson going to fit in now um and then let's not forget they have you know Ryder Anderson you know obviously Dexter Lawrence um they're going to have uh Leonard Williams back DJ Davidson if he's healthy and able to compete in training camp might just find himself on the practice squad, as would probably Riley, who I think Riley is going to be one of those developmental projects. But really, you know, the additions of Rob, Ashawn Robinson and Nunez Roches, that to me, I, I think that's going to give the Giants what they need on the defensive line. To where unless there's an injury someplace, I'm not so sure there's going to be room for a Davidson, or like I said, or a Riley. Practice squad likely beckons for both, but again, line it up and let's see what they do. All right, coming up next, I have a listener question that I want to get to. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena, and it's high time, folks, that I find room For listener questions. Now I have been trying to over the last several, you know, shows that I've done hasn't quite worked out and I feel really bad about it. I really do because you all send me questions, um, that you like answered. And sometimes I just don't get to them in time. And by the time it does come up, the question is outdated. Like I know a lot of you sent me draft questions and I just wasn't able to fit them in before the draft. So my apologies. I do try and put those questions though in the Giants Country mailbag because I do appreciate you taking the time to write in. I do acknowledge all of you who sent in questions to me. My apologies for not getting to them, but we're going to try and do them moving forward. Plus at some point, I'm going to probably do a Q&A. Just a total, total show devoted to your questions and who knows, maybe we'll make it live. I mean, if you think it's a good idea, you want to make it live, let me know. Respond in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube or drop me an email if you're listening on our audio platform, and we'll do it that way. So, all right, let me go ahead and um, answer one question. This came in from one of my YouTubers. I think he's an everydayer, Jordan Z. And um, he asked, now that the draft has concluded, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on which draft pick could be the X factor for the upcoming season. Oh great question Jordan. Hmm. So. When you say X factor. Obviously we probably want to stay away. From the obvious. You know the, the probably. Deontay Banks we want to stay away from him. Because it's expected he'll be. Um, you know a top pick. Or a top contributor. Same thing with John Michael Schmitz. Same thing with Jalen Hyatt. The X factor for me. Is going to be Eric Greg. I think if this kid comes in and it stays healthy and is everything that our locked on Sooners co host Josh Helmer told me he could be, um, Eric Gray is going to be the guy to keep an eye on. And I say that because, as I said, for the winners part of this podcast, Saquon is getting up there in age. Now, he's not ancient like I am, <laughs> but for running back um, 26. He's taken a lot of pounding on his body. Yes. Even with the injuries, which he's also had, if you're going to be the giants and you're going to sign him or want to sign him for multiple years, um, you're going to want to preserve him. And that means not running him out there for 80 to 90% of the snaps and lessening some of the pounding on his body. Now, I go back to 2007 through 2010, I think it was, when the Giants had the one-two punch uh, Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw. And think of how successful that, that duo was in 2007. And in 2008, I think 2008, the Giants, if I'm not mistaken, had the number one rushing attack in the NFL. Both Jacobs and Bradshaw, I believe, each turned in thousand yard rushing seasons. And that was made possible in part because not one specific guy was counted on to be the bell cow. It was a a partnership or a committee approach. And I know there are people out there who are going to say, Saquon, you know, is in a class by himself. Eric Gray is not going to be anything like Saquon. No, he's not, nor does he need to be. But if he can compliment Saquon and, you know, lessen some of the the onus on him, keep him fresh, you know, help him have another big season, then I'm all for it. And I can't think of any reason why any Giant fan or follower wouldn't be for it, you know. Um, So that being said, Eric Gray would be my pick to be the X Factor. We'll see if he could stay healthy. We'll see if he is able to um, you know, come along and learn the playbook and perform, but a lot of optimism about him, as well as the other picks, granted. But from my perspective, outside of the first three picks made by the Giants in this draft, that's the one that I'm just really excited about that I think could be an X factor. So thank you, Jordan, for the question and someone who makes the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen and watch every day. It is appreciated. And Giant fans, that's going to do it for us on today's Locked On Giants podcast. Again, keep it here all week long. Hopefully I'll be able to roll out the first of the college interviews tomorrow. I do want to try and do them in order. I don't know if I'll be able to do them in order, but I'm going to try. Um, but I have a few more interviews that I need to do as of this recording. So bear with me. It is coming. I promise, as is the Rookie Minicamp coverage. So until next time, Giant fans, have a good one. We'll talk to you again soon.